world's on fire, our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. And you know why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. <laughs> pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It's time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, will you pass the salt? Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass the salt. But we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. I gotta ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. I really want to come out hot today. It's Monday. <laughs> I get a lot, a lot of stuff laying on the table. I really, really, really want to come out hot, but I want to make sure that I come out the way that the Lord would, would have me to come out. And uh, happy birthday to Myra. We just sang happy birthday. Well, some of us sang happy birthday to Myra. Appreciate her being in here. It's also Myra, my parents' uh, anniversary. My mom and dad, February 20th, 1946, I think. Of course, neither one of them are around anymore, but. Uh, significant. I think it's forty-seven, Coach. What's that? I think it's forty-seven. Forty. Oh, Mike's. Thanks, Mike. Mike's doing a lot of uh, genealogy. Nineteen forty-seven. That's probably that's probably right. Five years before I I came rolling around and and. Uh, I was born in forty-seven. So. There you go, man. There you go. So so look, a lot a lot of stuff. I said before I went on the show, before the show began here today. I see things, and I, uh, Michelle and I went, went down to Neil Peterson's church. I, I hate to call it Neil Peterson's church. We went down to uh, Neil Peterson's church uh, yesterday, uh, just for, for Sunday service, because they've been, you know, he's been opening up his church for revival, Harvest uh, Worship Center, Revival Center down in Brookville, Ohio. Michelle and I had about an hour and 45-minute ride down, hour and 45-minute ride back, drove by London High School, all that stuff. So trip down memory lane for us. And um, that was one of the, I couldn't believe how friendly Pastor Neil's people were. I mean, they're just, it was genuinely, unbelievably, really, really friendly bunch of people. But uh, <clears throat> I'm going to, I'm going to say this. Uh, well, just bear with me here. Okay. Look, Michelle and I don't really go to Sunday service anymore. First of all, I've, be, I've become convinced it's, from my standpoint, doesn't matter. I think the Sabbath is Saturday. Uh, but I think a lot of church is done out of duty anyway. Dude, see, would, would let, me, let me ask you a question. Because this is kind of, wow, I'm going to be all over the place. Bear with me. I got to get this out. <clears throat> okay, coach, do that. The Lord just said to me, <laughs> Holy Spirit, he's so cool. He just said, look at your chart. So I, I wrote down my chart. I, I, I wrote this down here. <clears throat> what would re- revival look like? What would a true national revival look like? Now, I'm going to say some things that some of you are going to take wrong. I don't care. It's the way I analyze things from a spiritual standpoint. So uh, all this stuff that's going on down in Kentucky. What's the name of the, what's the name of the church uh, school down there? Somebody help me out. Ashbury. Ashbury. Yeah, mm. all the stuff's going on down there. What would revival look like? 
It's the same. It's the same thing. I ask myself, what would Sunday morning revival look like? And why are we? Promise me you're not going to get mad. I'm. I'm just giving you the thoughts that I get. Okay. <clears throat> why do we chase the anointing? Boom. Because I see that going on all across all across America now. That people say, "Oh, coach, if you notice, there's a." My, there's revival in Asbury. Oh, my goodness, there's a revival in Ohio Christian University. Oh, my goodness, there's a revival at Cedarville College. Oh, my God, what would revival, what would real revival look like? Now, unlike everybody else, I pray for real revival. I pray for it. I pray for it. I do. But I watched, don't get mad at me. I watched thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people line up to go into a building where supposedly revival is taking place. And I pray it is. But folks, revival takes place in your heart. I don't have to be down there in order to be revived. Now, I know a lot of a lot of people went down. And, uh, it's okay. They went down out of kind of curiosity to see if it was real, to, if, it, if it was real to get get that. And a lot of them said, you know, oh my goodness, I, it was really anointed. And uh, yeah, and I, I, God bless you. I'm not criticizing that. I'm not criticizing that. I, I'm just asking this. What would revival look like? Real revival. What would it look like? Because you know that they're shutting down tomorrow, right? Yeah, they're, they're scheduling to shut down. Deal, because everything I'm saying here sounds like I'm being critical. I'm not being critical. I'm trying to oh. help us be critical thinkers, okay? But did you hear why? Because they, they pleaded with all the churches in the area to open their doors. They said, this isn't about us. It can't be about a location. It needs to go to your church. That is truly a humble uh, word that that, con- that that school has given. And they've told them, listen, it ain't about us. We're shutting it down. You need to open up your yeah. churches. Amen? Amen. 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 So let, 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 me con- let me continue the thought here then. What would revival look like? And then, I, then the, uh, Pastor Neil's church, it was really good yesterday because I love it when they do this. Neil didn't preach. They did testimonies. And just real individual people came up and gave a testimony. It's really, it's really, really powerful. It's really powerful. Because the Bible says they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. And I'm also, I was also amazed at the number of people who got up there and said this. Are you ready? <clears throat> Again, I'm, I observe things, right? He got up there and says, uh, I feel really uncomfortable speaking in front of people. And you know what my initial reaction was? That ought to be commonplace. You giving your testimony ought to be commonplace. What do you mean you feel nervous doing that? What? You feel nervous giving out, standing up and giving a testimony about what the Lord did? I'm not good speaking in front of people. Where, where, does, that come? where does that come from? I'm sitting there. I can't wait to get up. I can't wait to get up and encourage somebody. I can't wait to do it. But see, I think it has to do with the way we do church, right? We, the way we do church. I, I got to get my, my wife's running a sweeper up there. Betty, remind me to, when the sweeper stops, Betty, remind me to yell at Michelle and she'll answer me here. But she's running the sweeper upstairs. I can, I can, our multi-million dollar studio, the roof needs, needs, needs swept. So uh, it was just testimony, testimony. Some of them really, really touched me, really touched me. Just individual people. One, one lady, one how, can I say this in a nice way? Not very attractive lady. Got up front. She talked about uh, 
her whole life she'd been beat down. She'd been married three times and she always married guys who, who beat her down because she didn't feel worthy and yada, yada. And she'd been 400 pounds and now she's down to 200 and it's constant struggle of people putting her down and how deeply that got rooted inside of her and yada, 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 yada. And I saw again how unfair the world is of pretty people. Pretty people are get treated so much better everywhere they go. You don't have to say amen. Amen. If you're a pretty person, man, you got a leg up on everybody. You know, y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Huh? If you're a pretty person, you can stand up in front of a crowd and they'll listen. If you're mm-hmm. ugly and fat and got pimples and hair growing out of your nose, they don't, they don't they'll listen to you. See, that's what that's what media has done to it. That's what marketing has done to us, right? And so I sat there and I listened to all those uh, folks, and and you guys know me. I got I got two cents to throw in on everything, and I'm sitting there. Hey, Michelle, I think she's listening. Michelle, what were the three things Pastor Neil said that we have to fight in church? She'll get it for me. You can text it to me. And I'm sitting there watching, and I'm I'm busting inside, busting inside, because I want to speak. But I'm thinking, well, I just want to speak because it's me. I, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a media hog. I want to speak. I said, no, I don't knew it wasn't. I'd, I'd sat there throughout praise and worship and all that kind of stuff. And boy, I was busting to speak. And uh, finally, I said, that, Lord, if if you want me to say something, you're going to have to have Neil give me the okay. So I'm sitting there. It's been going on for an hour, hour and a half, maybe. And then out of the blue, like 30 seconds later, maybe a minute later, uh, Neil Peterson says, uh, Coach, do you have anything that you'd like to add? I love the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I, I love the Holy Spirit. And and uh, I said, yeah, I sure do. I sure do. And I said, let me ask you something. I'm asking all of you here today. What do you save for? Why did the Lord save you? And then number two, what do you save for? And why would he ever revive you? If you guys would just stop there, that's two pretty that's two pretty pretty deep questions, isn't it? Why did he save you? Thank you, Michelle. Why did he save you? And why would he ever revive you? Save to do what? Revive to do what? To stand in church and sing some songs? And by the thousands and thousands and thousands, people ran down to Kentucky to raise their hands. They're chasing the anointing. Chasing the anointing. Look, I'm not being critical, okay? Because look, we live we live in such dire times. Of course, you would chase the anointing. Of course, you would want to see. Of course, you would. Well, I want you to ask yourself this morning, and it's what I said to the folks yesterday: Why would God revive you? Why? I know why. When I was coaching football, if one of our guys was injured been out for a couple weeks, and finally was able to play again, was revived, was able to play again, 
And we were all excited because we knew he was going to make some plays. He wasn't just going to stand on the sidelines and walk up and down the sidelines and pray for touchdowns. He wasn't going to walk up and down the sidelines and wave flags and pray that somebody's going to tackle somebody out there. No, he wasn't doing that. Uh-uh. No, he was revived for a purpose. And I can't tell you how many people that, look, I'm not being critical. I'm just what I observe. It was a wonderful service. They were wonderful people. I don't think any, I bet not 10%. I'm just throwing a number out. Not, not 10% of the people in that church asked themselves that question. Why would the Lord save you and why would he revive you? Does anybody have an answer for that? In your own life. My phone, sorry. In your own life. In your own life. What good are you to somebody else? Spiritually. Why would he revive you? Why? Why? So you can get in your car and drive down to Kentucky and feel it? Oh, I felt the revival. Revived to do what? Saved to do what? It's a tough question to answer, isn't it? It's a tough one to answer. And I, I didn't get a chance to I spoke very, very, very short. But I can't get away from this. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Presenting your body a living sacrifice is the least of what you would do with salvation. It's the least of it. Now, I'll, let me turn that down. <laughs> yeah, Jack, do not resuscitate. DNR, do not resuscitate. <laughs> do not resuscitate. Why? Save for what? Revive for what? Lord, send revival for what? See, none of us, I hate, that's not, never say none. We don't, we don't have a, we don't even know we have gifts, let alone how to exercise gifts and realize we're supposed to do something with those gifts. The church doesn't even teach that. To the point where the average person standing up in front of a friendly crowd in church is nervous about the testimony they're going to give about what Christ has done in their life. Saved to do what? If the Lord saved me to go to church and wave flags and sing songs, I just shouldn't go home now. If that's the extent, if that's what salvation is about, if that's what revival is about, I just shouldn't go home now. I'm telling you the truth. So Pastor Neil started out, uh, Michelle texted it to me. She heard me yell at her there. And he said this, and it really resonated with me. <clears throat> Pardon me, let me find it. He said, the time for the three Ps are over. Number one, talking about church now, talking about churchianity. Number one, performance. Performance. Folks, you do know this, don't you? Huh? Church is a performance. Mm, Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a safe place for you to say and do things that you wouldn't do anyplace else. Amen. And if you wouldn't say and do it other places, why are you saying it and doing it in church? 
I can tell you why, because it's a performance. Number two, it's become a production. Oh yeah, yes it has. Smoke machines, right? Well, I don't go there because I don't like that kind of music. You know what I wanted to do last? Yeah, look, I'm not being critical, okay? I'm just telling you from, from my spirit, okay? From my spirit. They, they had a great praise and worship. Uh, uh, the lady led it, was very, very anointed. Uh, the Holy Spirit had to throw a rope around me and tie me down to the seat because I wanted to jump up while they're doing all this. This sounds, I'm not being judged. I'm, I'm sorry. I just tell you the truth, okay? Wonderful congregation of people. Wonderful. I wanted to jump up on the stage and grab the microphone and start singing some old hymns. Boom. You know what I'm saying? Stand up, stand up for Jesus. I can only imagine what that what that what that sanctuary would have been like, right? Onward, Christian soldiers marching. When in fact, most of the song I'm not being critical. It's going on everywhere. Most of the songs are focused on Lord. Will you do something? Lord, please do something. Lord, please do something. Lord, you're great. Lord, you're magnified. Lord, you're great. Lord, you're great. Hey, dude, get off your butt and go do something. Save for what? Revive for what? Well, I hope I hope I hope everybody's taking this in the spirit I'm giving it. Because uh we're at war. Why can I ask you something? Why are we asking the Lord to do something when we won't do anything? Oh Lord, send revival. Well, I think if real revival came. If you study old revivals in the past, maybe some of you are more better historians than me. If a real revival came, the bars would shut down. People wouldn't be flocking down to the church. <laughs> no, no. They'd be out closing down the bars and the abortion clinics and the homo nauseous stuff. That they, are you with me? That, that's To me, that's what real revival would look like. <clears throat> that I would present my body a living sacrifice Holy and acceptable unto God. That's the least I could do. I certainly wouldn't sit around and let him murder babies and let him teach my grandkids about transgenderism and make make uh, homosex normal. Anybody, anybody picking up what I'm laying down here? You want revival? Revival for what? So it comes down to personal revival, doesn't it? The third one was, I didn't get to the third one yet. Hang on. And Neil said at their church, no more performance, no more production, and no more perfection. No more perfection. Everything having to look perfect, perfectly choreographed and orchestrated. Oh, what a wonderful service. And it's all fabricated, performance, produced. Somebody say amen. I'm getting some thumbs up there. I'm getting amen. 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 That's what real revival would look like. And I'm not criticizing. I know a lot of. I know several people who went down to uh, Mayfield. What? Not what Mayfield? Where? I get, where's that stuck in my head? Anyway, Will, Wilmore, Ashbury, or whatever. Ashbury. Wilmore. 
Wilmore, Kentucky. They all went down to Asbury, Kentucky, but Wilmore, Kentucky. Are you ready? Again, to chase the anointing and see if it was real. Folks, revival takes place inside you, inside your heart. Amen. You think you have to go to Asbury for the anointing of God to hit you? You think you have to go to Asbury for the for the spirit of God to fall powerfully on you? You think you have to go to Asbury to get revived? What? I'm not. I'm not mad. I, I, I'm just. I'm just giving you what, what. What would it look like? What would revival look like? Because I'm going to tell you something. Revival begins with personal revival. Does the Asbury revival, does it impact your house, your family, what's going on in your community? Or do we chase the anointing to run down, just get a little bit of that, little dabble, do ya? Oh, yeah, it's real. Oh, I, oh, I felt it. Oh, I felt it. Yeah, yeah. Then you come home, you sit around, not doing, nothing's changed. You just felt it. I'm talking to me. I'm talking to me. Right? I'm not going to go down and dance in the front of the sanctuary if I won't dance out in Main Street. Why would I go do that? Oh, I know why. Sanctuary is a safe place, isn't it? I can hide in there. I'm not being critical, although it sounds critical. I'm trying to take you to the next step. Our quarterback's back. Let's go score some touchdowns. Our quarterback's back. Let's not just dance around the circle and tell him what a great quarterback he is. Let's get him in the game. We've been waiting for him to come back so he could throw us some passes and we could score some touchdowns. But the church is designed so we just keep dancing in the circle about telling him what a great quarterback you are. Oh, you're just a great quarterback. Oh, the best quarterback. The devil doesn't have a chance against you. You're the best quarterback. Oh, thank you. Oh, you throw your passes and they don't even hurt. Oh, you throw your passes and they're just on time. Oh, yeah. Anybody picking this up besides me? Is anybody picking this up besides me? And we call that revival. Oh, boy. What would it look like? Why would he revive us? And why did he save us? I'm going to open up here for a minute. So I'm going to go a different direction. But I'd love to hear from you. George, come on in. Then Bobby Lee. You asked the question, why? Why? And it, hit, and it hit me. Real simple. Simple as a child could hear. He loves me. And he wants me to tell everybody. Uh, yes. 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 But, are you ready for this one? He wants me to lay lay down my life for him. Hey, George, that's part of this deal. He does this, we do this. See, we have a a non-committal Christianity. He loves us. We say we love him, but our love for him requires nothing on our part. Hmm. Did you say boom, Vinny? Because I just said boom if I'd been you. Boom. Right? That's what I just, I just said. And uh, revive us, oh Lord, revive us for sure. Again, what would that look like, Bobby? 
Yeah, well, I have a few things to say quickly. I mean, the few clips that I've watched, I could feel the Holy Spirit come through that revival. I believe No doubt there. the Holy Spirit's there, Bobby. Yeah. No doubt the and, Holy Spirit's there. I'm with you. And I believe, I mean, in my lifetime, this is the first great thing, spiritual thing or, or significant thing that I've ever seen from any college campus everywhere, these hellhole college campuses. It's remarkable. And, and Dale, I heard Dale say earlier they're talking about shutting it down tomorrow. I'm offended by that. All we've done is bitch and complain for, for decades about revival needed to cross the land. Now we see something tangible, and they want to shut it down. I, I, I'm offended. I, I'm, I, as a Christian, a, a, as an unapologetic Christian man, I'm offended. To take, to take it deeper, I, I've seen reports of it expanding across college campuses. That's remarkable in itself. <clears throat> to tie it up in a bow, well, I won't even tie it up in a bow. I, well, I'll just me, leave it that. Here's my, point, here's my point, Bobby. Show me the evidence of it outside the sanctuary. That's what I'm saying. Show me the evidence of it. Because true revival, you ever been around anybody just full of enthusiasm, huh? Every time you're around them, say, man, they just make you, God, I feel so good when I'm around that guy. I, I feel so good when I'm around that guy. That's what revival would do, wouldn't it? Wouldn't revival say, man, I feel so good. Let's go do something. Wouldn't that what revival would do? And I, 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 don't, I, I don't know. I'm not, look, I'm, I, thank God it's going on. Thank God it's going on. I just asked a simple question. What, what does he want you to do after he revives you? Hmm? Mary Beth. Hey, I just was, there's a couple of things I was thinking about as you were talking. One of them is just in defense of us people that, you know, whatever. Anyway, Moses, Moses didn't want to speak, but he did. He didn't want to, but he did. Okay. But when you were talking about pretty people, I was the, I was like the unpretty one. My sister was a pageant winner. So I was the unpretty one. So that was a lot of fun. But anyway, I was going to ask you, what are your three P's? So I was thinking maybe prepare, 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 or prepare, practice, and just for the fun of it, three Ps. Prepare, practice, and whatever. Produce. Produce. Preach. Yeah, produce. Preach. Preach. There you go. Produce. No, no. Produce. Produce. <laughs> produce. There you go. <laughs> produce. Participate. Participate. Produce. Good Ps. Produce. Prepare. Produce. Prepare. Produce. Participate. Yeah. Good ones. Amen. 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 Hey, gotta get out of your comfort zone. That's that's what revival should do. It should get you out of your comfort zone. Tim. Yeah, coach. Uh I love that. Onward Christian soldiers. I mean, we don't I don't think we realize how much we are in the war for Christ. Yeah. Two of the biggest passages, one you started off with in uh Ephesians six, uh second Corinthians ten. Uh, these are war passages. Paul talks about this all the time. And uh, to me, revival is never an event. It's it's a life practice. Yep. And uh, I would say that we have grown up under the teaching of revivalism. And I would encourage everybody maybe to look this up and then do some evaluation in your soul. Because Amen. God put us in the war. He's a king, and he has a kingdom, and That's he right. says, live like it. And equipped to do what? <clears throat> like I've often told the story, the first time I ever played football, I was in seventh grade. 
and they handed out my pads to me. I didn't even know, I didn't even know where the pads went. But they gave me those pads. Somebody said you need you need knee pads and thigh pads. You need hip pads. You need shoulder pads. You need a helmet. Somebody determined a long time ago I needed those, right? What, what what's the weapons of your warfare? What what is what is the weapons of the warfare? They're not carnal. They're mighty through God to the pulling down the strongholds. Whatever those weapons are, they're supposed to be pulling down strongholds. Are we doing that? Dancing dancing in the sanctuary, waving flags. Oh, give me a break. Give me a break. They ain't impacting nobody. You say, well, coach, it impacts the atmosphere. Well, yeah, and then you feel better. You go to church and you feel better going to church. You're revived to do what? You ever heard of somebody's wife? His career has been revived. In fact, that, that, that slut on half by, halftime show. Oh, yeah, slut. That slut on halftime show. Rihanna. Didn't they say some her career has been revived? Does that mean she just sits in her house and sings to herself now? Don't think so. Angie. Good morning. Yeah, I I uh, I completely agree, Coach. I think I when we hear the term revival, we really expect there to be an outpouring and an outcome that comes from that. Yeah. And what when I see in the modern day Greco-Roman attempt to capture this quote unquote revival where the Holy Spirit is moving, I, I already see that every single day, and I've been seeing it for the last 12 years, as people come into the knowledge of the truth of what we've been lied to about in our churches, the man-made doctrines and traditions we've been fed, um, then really what we're looking at is the, the attempt by modern churches to capture that first-century Pentecost. They're attempting to grab onto that first century first outpouring of the Holy Spirit through Pentecost, which is an ancient principle of Shavuot, which is the festival of Shavuot. And so I always encourage people, do your own homework on that. Um, the, you know, the first manifestation of that is you go, go ye into the nations and, you know, and in modern day we say preach the gospel, but I, it's literally not, there's a difference between preaching something and teaching something. And so we have to understand that that outpouring should result in us going out and teaching others about our Savior, about our Messiah, why we needed one, and how he expects us to live and perform. Amen, amen, amen. I'm, well, well said, well said. Look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to open it up here. I'm going to go for about 10 minutes. I'm going to close it down because i got something else i gotta get, I got to get in. Judah, go. And Clint. Coach, this is a, a mighty movement. And uh, obviously that location, what does revival look like? It's the fire that is deposited in other places around the country for people to go out and share the gospel, to share the good news and duplicate. You know, we can have a, a candle flame or you can have a blazing bonfire that the whole world can see and feel. And revival is people feeling it and having life change. Mm. You know, people's so, lives are better off when they're changed because you went out there and you shared his power, not yours. Amen. Amen. So it's a reinvigoration of the salt. You should become salty during revival. It should be a charging of the battery so you're more light. Right? That's the way that I see it. Those two things that we're not. Clint, come on in. Then Roger. Coach, it's amazing. Yesterday. I preached on what would true revival look like. <laughs> and um, there, there was two points that, that I made. And 
Ashbury in 1970 had a revival, but it yeah. wasn't a national revival because three years later, Roe v. Wade came about. And what would it look like if Asbury was the tip of the spear that draw, drew a nation revival? Well, I went into Acts 17, verse 6. The, um, they brought some disciples to the rulers and said, these are they that have turned the world upside down. Mm -hmm. That's the first thing. It would turn this nation upside down from the top to the bottom. Amen. And, and then in uh, Acts 19, as revival was, uh, or, you know, move of God was going, they brought their witchcraft and they brought all kinds of wicked things and they burned them and it ended up being like 138 years of pay was the price that they burned. Mm. You will get junk out of your life. And Amen. those two things will happen in a nation revival. I believe Asbury's having a revival, but is it going to be nationwide? And then I put, you've got to have these two things in your life to know that you're, you have revival. Uh, your world and your job and family will be turned upside down and you'll get junk out of your life. Amen. We don't understand what revival means. Maybe that's the point that I'm trying to make. That's right. Okay. Emma, come on in and Clay. Listen, listen, listen. Emma, Clay, Janine, and Craig, and then cut it off because I got to get something else in here. Go ahead, Emma. The Bible says to you stir up the gift of God that is within you. Right. So, so there's personal responsibility here. And um, I'm glad for the revival going on. And I think the reason the college is calling off the, the revival is because people have paid to get their degrees finished and we're looking at the end of the year and yeah. they're going to get lawsuits and all that. I, that's why I think, I don't, I yeah. guess. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, <clears throat> God hates religious people. Clay, come on in. If we had a true national revival, uh, Disney World, Hollywood, and uh, Las Vegas would be out of business. We ain't seen that yet. Pornography would uh, be off the internet, wouldn't it? And it's as far coming. as going to church, if I drove across town yesterday, 35 minutes to get there, I'd have had a chance to fellowship with people for about two minutes. That's how long they give you to fellowship. Yeah, and I and and I'd have had to listen to the simple message that the preacher gives that I've heard you know, my whole life. But instead, I stayed at home, listened to Charlie Daniels play the fiddle and sing old I'll Fly Away and other gospel hymns. And then I watched Arthur Pulaski preach a real sermon of truth. Amen. Amen. Folks, a, a good sermon should challenge you to do something. It should drive you to action. A good sermon. Janine. Well, I hear, you know, over the years, um, people said, well, there's pockets of revival going on here, going there. Probably about, I don't know, 20 some years ago, they had another one in Florida. But <clears throat> do we understand what revival means? That means all of you and all of me is dead. And the only place that's revived or re uh, is down in Kentucky. It revived <laughs> means to return us back. You, you were dead before. You're reviving someone to life. So right. does that mean all of us are dead? Hello, we can go in our prayer closet. We can um, 
if we open our hearts up to the Lord, revival should start with us. It should be all over this world. It not shouldn't just be in one pocket. Shouldn't be something we chase. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, right? Look, we're so hungry for revival, aren't we, folks? We really are. We're so hungry for a move of God. But we got it backwards. God moves through obedience. To obey is better than a sacrifice. You would be amazed what kind of revival would break out in your life if you simply did what the Lord asked you to do. Craig, come on. Well, Coach, the Sunday before this broke out, right, you had Sam Smith dressed as a demon at the Emmy Award. In between, you had this. Then you had Rihanna making her, you know, one world thing. And And you had us praying at halftime too, Craig. Right. So when we need to realize at the time that we're in, and, and when I read what I read that Sunday, the Lord said, read First Kings about Elijah. And he says, how long will you falter between two opinions? If the Lord God is, is your God, follow him. If Baal, follow him. That's where we're at, coach. We're yeah. at a battle right now. It's, it's two opinions. It's you either follow Lucifer or you follow Christ. Amen. And it's going to look way different. And the battlefield is right in front of you, right here, right day, today, right now. It's not going to go on for 10 more years. Revived to do what, folks? Revived to do what? Anointed to do what? Myra. <clears throat> well, um, revival is, like you say, personal change to produce. And one Bible verse that you have been um, preaching about quite often is Romans 14, 17 through 19. Well, that's what my reading is. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. For he that is in these things serveth Christ is acceptable to God and approve of men. Let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace and things wherewith one may edify another. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What if what if what happened down Asbury was a result of hundreds of people praying at the Super Bowl halftime? Is there any correlation? I don't Amen. know. Amen. I don't know. Do you know? See, it simple obedience. Simple obedience. Bible says where two or more are gathered. We had 200 or what? Whoever, who knows how many we had? Who can't tell you the truth? Most people talk a good game about prayer, but they don't really do it. Somebody say amen. Somebody, go ahead, somebody. I'll, I'll pray about it, brother. Amen. I'll pray for you, brother. No, you quit lying. No, you, no, you don't. No, you don't. Amen. Stop lying. Truth. Stop lying. And if we believe the Bible says that we're two or more gathered, the multiplication, right? The multiplication is like when you're pushing something, one guy can hardly push it. And you get another guy, it goes a little bit easier. You get a third guy, it gets easier. You get 10, 10 people, it's not even hard at all. That's a magnification of power and prayer. We don't, we don't, we have no respect or understanding for it. I'm going to let Randy get in it because I think it's probably pertinent. Go ahead, Randy. Coach, thanks. Um, I think you hit on something there that's very important. Um, I think it is tied to to our prayer, Coach, and it may be a lot of others. I'm not saying we're exclusive, 
But I think it definitely, you can't see God. You can't even feel the Holy Spirit when there's darkness on the land and the strongholds are in place. We've been tearing down strongholds, Coach, for the whole time I've known you. This is what is bringing revival, Coach. It is definitely correlated to this. And I'm not saying we're the only group, but I'm saying the people that that are praying, that are showing people what it looks like to be the kingdom of God and to fight this darkness, we are the very people who are responsible for God to having a place to come and Randy, move. This Randy, I've, seen, like I've seen too many coincidences follow me. I've seen too many of them. <laughs> After some point, you got to say, you know, maybe that's not a coincidence. Maybe that's fruit of obedience right there. I don't know. I don't know. <clears throat> so because of that, because okay, go ahead quickly, Deanna. And then no, everybody stop for me. Go ahead, Deanna. Yes, sir. Good morning, everyone. Uh, okay, I've been following it a little bit, not a whole lot, I, I will be honest. But but what comes to me, and I'm hoping through the Holy Spirit, why just there? <laughs> and everybody chases it. Everybody goes there. Hmm? I, I, I don't I know. It's not just there. That's so so here's what I want to go want to go today because uh pull up for me. Uh golly. Uh, next to the last thing says Bible Gateway passage. <clears throat> Friends, I, I don't look. Look, I want to. I want to. I want to blend two things together. We're gonna. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I felt this really strong anointing. I, I spoke. Uh, I spoke at a group on Friday night, and as a result of a, it was a small group. As a result of it, I made another connection with uh, uh, an intercessor, head of an intercessor group, Kimberly Brown. She called me yesterday, or two days ago, whenever it was, about another initiative, another prayer initiative. I don't know. Look, folks, what happened up in East Palestine, Ohio, is unbelievably devastating. No matter what, no matter what they're trying to tell us. I mean, it's. I'm. I'll show you a video here in a second. It's. It's unbelievable. But Kim, uh, Kimberly brought something to my attention yesterday and all my life I'd never I'd never ever seen this scripture. I want to share it with you today because I'll get Mel in here too. We're going to launch an initiative. We're going to we're going to we're going to tonight <clears throat> excuse me. Boy. I think it starts tonight, Mel said tonight we're going to do a we're going to do a three consecutive nights of intercession like we did before for this situation here. I'm in second Kings two. <clears throat> and this has to do with, uh, without, I, I don't want to go in depth. You can go back and read on 2 Kings 2. Uh, it's a revival of some type, but as with Elijah and Elisha, I just don't want to spend time doing that. And they said unto him, Behold now, there will be thy servants, 50 strong men. Let them go, we pray thee, and seek thy master, lest peradventure the Spirit of the Lord have taken him up and cast him upon some mountain or into some valley. And he said, No, no. Uh-uh. Don't you don't do that. Don't send them. And they continued to urge him till he was the same, ashamed. He said, Okay, send. Go ahead. Go ahead. They sent, therefore, 50 men. And they sought three days, but they found him not. They're looking, looking for a guy. And when they came again unto him, for he tarried at Jericho, he said unto them, Did I not say unto you, don't go? Didn't I tell you guys don't go? And the men of the city said, Elisha, behold, I pray thee, the situation of the city is pleasant as my Lord seeth. 
He said, the Lord's looking at this situation differently. But the water is not. And the ground is barren. Woo, I got a goose bump there. Woo! And he said, bring me a new cruise. Bring me a new pot and put salt therein. And they brought it to him. And he went forth into the spring of the waters. And he cast the salt in there. And said, thus says the Lord, I have healed these waters. There shall not be from thenceforth any more death or barren land. Now, I'm going to do something I never did. Are you you ready for this? Go to the NIV, Jonathan. Go to the NIV. And just go to verse 21, and I want you to read what it says. In the, Think about everything that's going on, folks. We're trying to destroy life in every aspect that we can. Then they went into the spring and threw the salt into it, saying, this is what the Lord says. I have healed the water. Never again will it cause death or make the land unproductive. And the waters remain pure to this day, according to the word of our life. That wasn't what I was looking for. Go to uh, uh, the Living Bible. I can't remember which one it is. Hang on a minute. Bear with me. Uh, Yes, this is what the Lord said. I have purified this water. It will no longer cause death or infertility. This battle is over the seed, right? It's over the seed. And what is the what is the what is the enemy trying to do? He's trying to make the land barren and us infertile. Look at everything that's been going on with the the vaccines and everything, and the fact that it's hitting the reproductive organs of people. And so the enemy's job is to stop the reproduction of Christian children and Christian people and fruit bearing, God fearing people. Bring up the message Bible real quick. Verse 21. Put a new bowl of salt in it. Hang on. 21. He said, bring me a brand new bowl and put some salt in it. And they brought it to him. And he went and went to the spring, sprinkled the salt into it, and proclaimed God's word. I've healed the water. It will no longer kill you or poison your Anybody picking up what I'm laying down? Boom. Amen. So here's our initiative. And I'll go, I'll get Mel in here to explain a little bit. Here's what hey, we're gonna we're gonna turn you all loose. We're gonna turn you all loose. And you're gonna go wherever you live, around wherever you are, and you're gonna take salt and you're gonna begin throwing salt into every river and tributary around your area. Little streams, whatever streams, because what? Water's life. Water represents the Holy Spirit. So they want to poison the Holy Spirit. They want to poison the oil. They want to poison that anointing. And he said, no, no, you go get salt, and you go to that bridge, and you throw some salt in there. And he says, what? God's word, I've healed this water. It will no longer kill you, nor poison your land. Wow. So this is a, this is a prophetic act. And a prophetic unction 
that we are going to do over the next three days. Wherever you are, get some salt and go to wherever you see a creek, wherever you see a tributary, wherever you see a lake, you go out of obedience and you pray and throw salt on it. And the Lord says that they will no longer kill or poison our land. That's the initiative we're going to launch. Okay. I have Lake Michigan covered. <laughs> Praise <laughs> the Lord. Huh? Hey, we're not just going to sit back and take it, right? We're not going to just sit back and take it. Say, oh, whoa, what's us? They're poisoning, poisoning. Yes, they are poisoning us again. Mel, come on in and uh, give a little bit of background. Mel's done a lot of work. This just been birthed in the last 15 hours, really, really. So go to libertyactionnetwork.com. Go ahead, Mel. Yeah, thank you, Coach. So, Mr. Producer, if you could go, you could scroll down the screen to the um, action there. It's at the top. There you are. Healing of the water in Ohio. But really, folks, it can listen, be listen, everywhere. Right listen, hey, folks, they've already diverted the water. Cincinnati is 130-some miles from where the spill, spill was. And they've already diverted the water in the high river in Cincinnati for fear of what's coming down. They're lying to us, okay? Go ahead, Mel. Go ahead and click on that if you would, please. All right, there you go. So I found a picture of, of Elijah um, sprinkling the, the salt on the water. So keep going down. All right. So what we're going to do is we're going to kick it off with a three-day fast. I'm not exactly telling you when to start your fast. You can start it today or tomorrow. Um, part two, though, would be to go. Hey, hang, to hang on, water. Mel. Hang on, Mel. Folks, it doesn't have to be a food fast. I mean, you can if you want to. But you could fast whatever whatever it is. It's stealing all your time and effort. You could fast the internet. You could fast TV. You could fast whatever. Fast something. Okay, go ahead, Mel. Yep. And then, like Coach said, go to the waterways in your area. Um, you know, you know, pray and ask the Holy Spirit to lead you. But take your scripture with you. Take your salt. Pray specifically Second Kings two nineteen through twenty one, which Coach just just read. And then you cast the salt into the waterway. And I, I put the scripture there, too. Um, you know, when you're healing the land, you have to really kind of stand in the gap for past sins of the land, too. So I, I provide some additional information. If you'll scroll down a little bit more, um, you know, praying for repentance and forgiveness, you know, tearing down unholy altars. Um, you know, so anyway, I'm not going to read all those to you, but I've given you some additional information there. Um, so. Any questions on that? We're going to move on to some events that we've um, we've put together too. So, if no questions, um, Mr. Producer, if you'd go to um, events, then yeah. So scroll down a little bit. Starting tomorrow, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, we're going to do um, an hour of prayer for Ohio um, from seven o'clock to eight o'clock at night Eastern Standard Time. So right, right here uh, on this platform, right here yeah. on this platform. Just like we did for the Super Bowl, we're going to come here and we're going to pray specifically um, about the water and about the environment and you know about the the poisoning that happened. So we hope that that you'll be here, that you'll tell your friends, that you'll get the word out. I'll put some things out on Facebook. Um, I've already sent out an email. A lot of you who are on the mailing list for Liberty Action Network probably received that last night. So um, yeah, we're 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 going forward with this, and um, it's the Intercessors of America and Pass Assault that are um, heading this up and um, we're happy to help spread the word. So we're going to start tomorrow night. We're going to Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday prayer. You can start fasting today. It can be a food fast. It'll be whatever, whatever it is the Lord calls you to do. Julie quickly. Hey, Spencer, uh, uh, who's in there, Jonathan, uh, get 
up there for me real quick. It says uh, evaluation black lady. Get that up there. Go go ahead, uh, Julie. All right. Good morning. Thanks, Coach. Um, me and Kim, we went to Revival um, over there in Brookville Saturday night. And um, she, like what Mel was saying about the salt and everything in this, the scripture. But then I got a vision after that. And I said, because you know how like Moses put the stick in the the sea and it parted? Well, I was thinking like if some, if some people are able to, as they put the salt in there, put the stick and then that's going to you know, clear the water too. Amen. Amen. God's going to supernaturally do this, friends. God's not done yet. Okay, now look, I want to finish with this. This is a, I put it at 1.5 speed. It's, folks, what we're facing is called a poly crisis. Poly, poly mini, poly crisis. And I saw this young lady yesterday and I thought, oh my goodness, we've got to watch this. So I want to end today with a poly crisis. Connect the dots to what's going on. Go ahead and play it. Okay, so like, I don't even know how to say some of this without getting in trouble. I just really needed to map out some of what America's going through right now. And I think I found some things, guys. Take a look. You can see all the orange. Okay, those are where all the trains, trucks, and factories have leaked toxic chemicals into our air and into our water. And as you can see, it's kind of like they're bordering the entire country, almost like it's closing us in from the outskirts. Plus, there's supposedly a deadly storm that's coming across the country and has already arrived or something like that. And it's supposed to affect like 125 million people. It's going to have acidic rain falling all over the eastern region of the country because the river that runs through Ohio runs from top to bottom throughout the entire country as well. People are already experiencing in some places rain that is so acidic it's eating their flesh. West side, we've seen these apocalyptic storms pushing Californians out too. So we've got catastrophe on one side, poison on the other. Oklahoma is also being evacuated due to toxicity and Michigan and Florida just got hit today. And I had this really sad concept come to mind, which is these poor guys are having to evacuate their homes for their health and safety. And it brought on this familiar, dreadful memory of when we had to vaccinate our bodies for the same reason. Like, hmm, interesting. Guys, they're waging war on us while so many are still asleep. We're worried about Russia and China when we're already in a one-sided war on our own soil. And looking at this map, this is not just unfortunate coincidences with multiple trains malfunctioning all at the same time. This is an attack, a controlled attack in their own words. And you can see it's almost like they're trapping us in and moving us like cattle towards the center. And since Bill Gates has been buying a lot of the land towards the center, I can bet you those areas will be just fine. Like aside from all that, we have all these new sightings of like ET activity, which is you'll see them on the map in purple. And our very own president is confirming this. It's not an argument anymore. However, is anyone catching that they're shooting these things down over large bodies of water and they're saying that they can't get to the remnants these aircrafts that they supposedly shot down. The, the remnants are in very difficult terrain, low temperatures, uh, lots of inclement weather, and they're looking, but they haven't been able to find them. Maybe it's intentional. Maybe it's even true. But if this were a big deception, which is what I believe, um, there's so many reasons for them to need to make this happen right now and why it's coming all at once. You're probably going to see this word coming up soon. I'm not used to writing backwards, but I can't say this word. I can't tag it or add it. They're going to use this word to usher in their grand cattle control scheme, which is like just what I'm calling it. This more than likely is what will help point us towards like digital currency, microchips, more depopulation control tactics, uh, FEMA camps, shelters, and then some. So watch for that word. 
It's a tactic. Secondly, they need to cover up the vaccine effects because they're in the process of making more for us. The urgency to cover up this genocide is of maximum importance because it's been about two years since the vaccine's been out. And Bill Gates himself said, oh, what are you going to do? Wait till you see the effects of it? Well, that's going to take like two years. And now we are seeing that so many people are dying. But there's more viruses, more boosters and more vaccines still coming out. And now because we're seeing this unbelievable amount of death, they know we're going to be hesitant to take them, much less if we even will at all. And like the main video topics in my safe folder that keep getting removed are from doctors that are taking stands against the vaccine with all their knowledge, with all their credibility and with all their proof. These videos are just being yanked from TikTok, YouTube, etc. And now we've got children dying of heart attacks and healthy athletes and pilots and doctors dropping. The tactic here is to silence the outrage through the overwhelm of disasters by creating multiple crises for us. And there's that word. They're now realizing they can't control us anymore. And that's a problem. Like, that's what that chessboard symbolism means. So, like, whenever you see that, it's duality. They've been overlooking the game as they, like, pin us against each other like pieces on a chessboard. And that's why there's, like, blacks versus whites, Democrats and Republicans, gays versus straights, anti-vaxxers, etc. So it's been working. But now you're seeing videos of these elites being attacked in public, like Bill Gates and Trudeau and others getting called out in the streets. Like to all the people doing this, you guys are freaking rock stars. Um, but this is also a huge reason for this overload right now. And let's go a little bit deeper. The people that are under fire with the law and in the justice system right now are the heads of the country. Big Pharma is under hot water. Hollyweird. Like Twitter as a whole. The Child Protective Services military tunnels, even our president, they are all catching legal action right now. And people aren't standing down anymore. So now you're seeing more videos of people trying to expose them and literally saying, just so everyone knows, I would not kill myself because they're being martyred for daring to go against the narrative, especially when they find out just how big this thing goes. Many people fighting against the elite are dying suspiciously or killing themselves like judges, celebrities, whistleblowers, etc. Information that they have is so dangerous that it becomes a matter of national security. So those people have to die. And on a completely separate note, um, many seals from the book of Revelations, believe what you will, are currently being broken. Red waters, famine, the Euphrates drying, earthquakes, the moon, sightings in the skies. These signs and prophecies are all happening right now. And whether or not you believe, most people can just tell that these are crazy times from all the news. What does this boil down to? Pop quiz. Does anyone know who Molech is? Um, if you do, yama people. Moloch is the God of the Bible that the Israelites were sacrificing their children to when they would turn away from God. It's basically like one of God's biggest rivals besides Baal, like in Baal and Siaga. Um, this is the biggest abomination and offense to God, raping and killing God's own most precious and innocent creation. And they're performing ungodly, or like Sam Smith would say, unholy acts and sickening rituals amongst themselves. This is the war that they're not showing us right now. It's a spiritual war. Um, the elite of this world are giving our missing children as sacrifices to this stupid God and other workers of Satan for more power, money, and fame. It's estimated 2,500 children are kidnapped and murdered in this country every year. Americans, for the most part, are oblivious to what's really going on behind the scenes. That's what's on the island. And this is the biggest cover up under all the noise they're making with UFOs and toxic spills. It's not just the island that's the cover up. It's the sacrificial worship and ritualistic practices occurring right under our noses. It's the CPS involvement and the heinous crimes they commit when they're all together. It's literally a battle between good and evil. And everybody with major influence is involved in it. Like that's their rite of passage to become elite level public figures. They were taking children out of foster homes or images. These are two, three, and four-year-old children before they enter kindergarten. 
In addition, the children claimed that they were flown into the mountains where they were involved with adults in robes, black robes, chanting candles. They talked about the brown babies who were sacrificed, who were cut up, actually sacrificed, and flying them in Washington, D.C. for sex orgies with prominent people, including congressmen, senators, and certain people in the White House. And those that are asleep to this, they are choosing their evil by default without even knowing it, just by entertaining their entertainment or giving into the division that they're creating between us all. They are making you choose against God, which is why we are under attack right now, because this dangerous information of their spiritual war is being exposed from multiple levels. So now they're flooding us with real news, real problems that are so alarming, we won't have time to be invested in their legal battles right now. This is the main cover up. It's demonic. So what does this all mean? And what do we do? First things first. Don't be scared of the UFOs. That's probably happening, but it's more than likely just a scheme to keep us distracted, like a misdirection, if you will, like in magic. They do have the tech to create fake alien invasions and like wonders in the sky that are huge and can show up on a radar. And if you're wondering, yes, the government would. You know those blue lights that have been popping up? Yeah, it's a light show. The beings that are out there have been here for years and have long since infiltrated our government. And we don't have to worry about them coming for total world domination because they're already doing this through the elites. Now, the storms, on the other hand, guys, get somewhere safe. Um, besides the poison, the storms themselves are forces to be reckoned with. God's wrath is being poured out against this country and against the world for the genocide and shameless evil happening all over. The leaders in this world are maliciously controlling us. And now that they're losing their grip, they're destroying the world and lessening the amount of people, a.k.a. less resistance and less resources wasted on us. And all of this just to hide the double scheme to perform the biggest rebellion against God with something so abominable as sacrificing babies, children and people. Like, it's that evil. So, like, question, where are we holding the rally? When is the next shut this shit down protest? And if you think you can still avoid choosing a side, the war that they're waging is of a spiritual nature, not just like World War Three. So if you've been on the fence about turning to God, you're just in time. It's about to get real. I've been watching what they erased for weeks now, and here's the conclusion. They are willing and trying to take away our health and safety so that we desperately comply. Then they are going to pose as our heroes and save us from the attack that they're creating. We need help. We do. We need we need President Biden. We need FEMA housing. After all, it's not really breaking our constitutional rights if they're all accidents, is it? It's not really breaking our constitutional rights if it's just accidents. Wow. We're not ignorant of his devices. See you tomorrow.